Welcome to B.O. Boys. This is Monday, December 2nd. We're going to be talking about the box office for the week of November 29th. It's a raw feed. Fuck it. We're doing it live. I'm Clayton. I'm Pat. And this was Thanksgiving weekend 2019. Mm-hmm. Always one of the most important movie box office weekends of the year. And you know what? Frozen 2 broke a record. Did it really? For this holiday, it made $129 million plus over the holiday five-day. Wait, that is a record for a Thanksgiving five-day? Yeah. The It bested Hunger Games Catching Fire. Whoa. Came out in 2013. That made 109.9. And uh, yeah, so it's the it's it broke a record. So- These big November movies, it seems like they typically do open the way Frozen did, which is the weekend before Thanksgiving, and then also have a giant Thanksgiving weekend. So it's not like your Hunger Games or your Fantastic Beasts open on that Wednesday. They typically open the week before. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So Frozen made... About as much in this five-day as it made in its opening weekend last weekend. Pretty much, yeah. Wow. So, Frozen. Frozen 2. hmm Is this a bona fide, not a disappointment in any way? This is a bona fide smash. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like it's, I mean, it it's doing what it's supposed to be doing at this point. Right now, came in number one. This week, obviously, this weekend, uh, two ninety total. So two ninety domestic domestic total. total. So you're almost at three right now. Right. That's pretty good. Right. Uh, and I and I do think it's 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 doing what it's supposed to have done. It's doing. It is what we thought it was. Yeah. It's not out of the gym, kind of. Uh, you know, out of the gym, jumping out of the gym kind of situation. Jumping where, out of the gym. Where you're surprised that someone like, say, a basketball player went up to slam dunk. Gotcha. And instead of hitting the basket, it's a flubber situation and he's out the out the roof. Okay, so, okay. Th- th- jumping so this out of is the a gym. Fl- is a flubber reference. Well, no, but jumping out of the gym means over, uh, over expectations. So over gotcha. expectations that... Because say you you've seen Shaquille O'Neal and he's playing in high school, right? And you're like right. I heard this guy can jam it, right? And you go see it, and instead of someone taking down the backboard, he jumps straight out of the gym. So he's that jumping w- out of the gym, not the fans. No, 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 no. He is. Gotcha. And okay. Frozen is Shaq Frozen, in this situation. Frozen is two. not jumping out of. Frozen Two is not jumping out of the gym. Yeah, he's not jumping out of the gym. So it's not Shaq. But Frozen Two is is dunking, and we knew it would dunk. Yeah, dunking gloriously. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, Frozen Two, it's meeting expectations, but I would say it is seems like it is on the highest end of those expectations. Like Frozen Two is, is what we thought it was, but it is also what we hoped amongst hope it would be. Well, so the box office so far this year was behind. Uh, I think they said nine percent. Let me check this. Which real fast. is is staggering. I saw that same stat too. That the box office was behind where it was at the same point last year. And when we talked at in January, when we looked ahead at what this movie year contained, we were 
looking at this as, without a doubt, the biggest year in the history of movies will never be touched again. And to think that, and again, Star Wars Last Skywalker has not opened yet. But it's looking like it might be weak. I mean, I, I, I this is going to, for a year that has had uh, Endgame, the biggest movie of all time, it is staggering that this is somewhat of a disappointment year. Well, the problem is, is that Endgame sucked up a lot of energy mm-hmm. and sucked up a lot of juice from other movies that could have made more money. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what they're learning from this, because what you're seeing in this year and what we'll talk about with the number two movie is that when tentpoles succeed, they 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 like uh, when they succeed, they exceed mm-hmm. when they fail, they flop. Yeah. And you're not getting these in between movies really that are doing OK, but not great. It's either great or nothing with these tentpoles, it seems like. Mm-hmm. And then these little original movies are filling in the cracks. But the thing is, they're not making the money that a men in black international could have made. Right, right, right. Like Hustlers is a big hit, but Hustlers couldn't make $400 million the way a successful Men in Black movie maybe could have. Or a Charlie's Angels could have made 140. Right. It makes 20 instead. So that's the thing. And we are going to, we are going to, end up having to talk about Charlie's Angels again in this episode. We'll throw dirt on that grave. So Frozen 2, though, I would say this is at the high end of expectations. This is a mega success. This is a movie that in the years since it came out, which I guess is 2012, it has become more and more and more popular. And this was an event movie. This was an event. There were people of all ages that were waiting for this to come out. And this movie gave them what they wanted. Yeah, because uh, the original Frozen made less than this domestically. Really? What yeah. was the original Frozen's domestic total? 246. Wow. So Frozen 2 has already made more domestically than the original Frozen. This is a, this is a mega hit. This is a breakout sequel. This is what move, the movie box office needed. Yeah, so now- It needed one of these finally to work after a month of big sequel flopperoos. So after Frozen did well, we're only down 5.6. So hopefully that's going to be made up with by uh, Jumanji. Right. And the next level. And Skywalker. Yeah. So there could be a chance of being either even or up. Right. At the end of this year. But like you said- after what we thought was going to be a just historic, historic year. year, it's it's not. Yeah, it's just not. Yeah, and it's it, the 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 Hollywood is learning. The tent poles have to be great. They just have to be. So Frozen Two was number one at the box office this weekend. Obviously, that's the big story. What was the number two movie this weekend? I would say the number two is even bigger story because it is Knives Out. Wow! So the- Ryan Johnson's. New, not from an IP, original screenplay, movie without a movie star. This is a no movie star movie. It is a famous cast for sure, a cast full of big names. Yes. But no Leo, no Tom Hanks, no... uh, Melissa McCarthy. No Melissa McCarthy. No Tiffany Haddish. Right, right. No Sandra Bullock. Right. So... 
this movie made 27 million day it's sorry see Rafid Rafid 7 million dollars 3 day 27 million dollar 3 day yeah and that is a great weekend but when for talking 5 day which we are it made 41.7 smashing the tracking wow smashing our expectations oh for sure now i will say we're not talking about quality of movies i personally don't think this movie is going to be for me because of the ads and all this. It's just looking like something I might not like. But as a fan of box office, as a fan of original ideas, we need to applaud Knives Out. <laughs> applaud Knives Out. Yeah. Because, again, another original film, an adult original film that has maximized its potential, and that is to be cheered. And to come in second when... We were kind of bullish on this. Well, you were bullish on it. Well, I was. I the, was. The Daniel Craig factor was making me, uh, making me a little low on the possibilities for this movie because Daniel Craig, of course, has been when he's not Bond, has been a famous flopper of a movie star. Just flop after flop after flop from Daniel Craig. Whenever you put him as the reason to go see a movie, and what I think Knives Out did is did a good job of insulating him. Yes. It 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 kept telling you he's in it. He's going to be in it. We get that. And 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 people expect him to be good in things. But what people don't want from a movie is Daniel Craig being the only reason to go. And Knives Out did a good job of telling you, "Listen, listen. There's other people in this. There's a lot of other people. Daniel Craig will not be on screen the entire time." Yes, and uh, what does this say about Chris Evans? Does this give him a bump at all? Yes, this is great for Chris Evans because he looks, in the trailer, he looks like a star. He's grinning ear to ear. He's full of confidence. He's full of swagger. And in his first post-Captain America movie, big above expectations hit. This is great for Chris Evans, and I couldn't be happier for him because I think he's been a great Captain America, and he deserves to get real movies made. Chris, thank you for your service, mm-hmm. and we're glad that now you're going to have a successful civilian life. Yes. Thank you for your box office. Thank you for your box office. So that is huge news. The other- so this was Thanksgiving. People went with their families to go see this. Well, it's PG-13. It's not a, a rough, rough house movie. No. You know, it's not a lot of cursing, and the, the knives are not literally- being used for violent stabbing, apparently. I have it, not seen apparently, this Apparently. It, there's no jiggle, it doesn't seem like. No, it's not a like jiggle, a jiggle movie. movie. Now, coming in third, still going strong, is Ford v. Ferrari. It made $19 million, uh, and it is now at $81 million. So this is a hit. This is a hit. Let's give it up for Ford v. Ferrari. Another non-IP Adult skewing, movie stars putting butts in the seats, success. Now, Pat, have you been following the dad fatalities from this movie? Well, of course, we've said, and you know, we've got to say, we've. This is going to be a lot of listeners' first time listening to this podcast because we are on a new feed. Yes, a new feed, so a rar feed, the rarest of feeds. We have forgotten to welcome our new listeners who didn't follow, who weren't on our old How to Watch Movies feed. These are brand new. Want to be old boys, want to be old girls. Welcome. And, of course, a couple of episodes ago, 
we talked about how all the dads who go see Ford v. Ferrari, they're going to be really amped up. They're going to be in their station wagons. They're going to drive them really fast, probably off of a bridge. Mm-hmm. Small town, suburban bridge. Yeah. Which is- Think Beetlejuice. Think Beetlejuice. Yes. And as we've seen in Beetlejuice, it's enough to kill you. Yeah. Definitely enough to kill a middle-aged dad. Of course. Who's going to have no idea how to get out of a station wagon. And hasn't been to a doctor in years. Exactly. It's the the water filling his lungs- is filling an unhealthy lung yeah. that should have been removed and changed a while ago. Replaced, yeah. Always have your lungs replaced. <laughs> and uh, sorry to laugh about that because uh, you laugh because you were uncomfortable. Yes, and it hit a nerve. It did, and it's a perfectly natural reaction. You know, people people react to grief differently. Yes, and, and you I, guffaw. I grieve, you guffaw. I grieve for the dads who, at least though. These dying dads who were drowning on a small bridge in a small town with their diseased lungs filling with water, their last thing that they did on this mortal coil was they saw Matt Damon and Christian Bale light up the screen up there, being men, driving super fast, being super entertaining. Those dads got to witness that before... They screamed and begged and pleaded for their lives in the station wagon that they had gotten up to 84 miles an hour somehow. God knows how. That's a heroic act just to to begin with. So applaud the dads who got those station wagons going so fast. And there's a place in heaven for you. Yes. I'm not. It's not a great play. I mean, it's not the best. It's not like a great throne, but I'm sure there's a comfortable chair for you. There's a recliner. Mm -hmm. Probably broken. So Ford v. Ferrari is at, you said, $84 million domestic 81. total? $81 million. So we're looking at a movie that's going to make $100 million. Yeah. And I think for a movie of the size of this budget, that is a hit. And it only dropped 16%. That's great. And it's three-day. So. And it's the type of movie that if it keeps chugging along, much like a dad station wagon, if it keeps just chugging along, chugging along, and it gets itself to that Christmas week, those Christmas two weeks, where everyone's home, everyone's seeing movies every day to get away with their family, Ford v. Ferrari is going to get another big two-week bump if it could just get through these next three weeks in December, which I think it could. It's got the momentum. Well, the race that they race in the movie Mm -hmm. is a 24-hour race, Mm -hmm. and it is a long race, and I think this movie is akin to those drivers in that race in the sense that it's ready for the long haul. Yes. It was built for a long race. And a long race means before Thanksgiving, through Thanksgiving, in between Thanksgiving, through Christmas. Yes. So this movie just needs to stay awake at the wheel and get itself to Christmas. And it looks good because it added 57 theaters. Wow. Well, you know what? It's the beneficiary of Charlie's Angels. Charlie's Angels and probably Dark Fate. Both of those movies being such colossal disasters, I'm sure the movie theaters were expecting to have them still hold a lot of screens for the next few weeks. Yes. And they have probably lost almost all their screens. Uh, yes, most likely. Because so Ford v. Ferrari, three day, 13.2, five day, 19. Great. So great, great. Good for Damon, good for Bale, good for Box Office. Again, another original movie that's doing well. Number four, 
this is a movie that we weren't really sure how it was going to do, and it hasn't done great. No. Uh, and I'm talking about A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, starring Tim Tim, wow. Tim, Tim Honk. Raw feed. Tom Hanks. Keeping it in there. Keeping it in there. Three day, 11, oh, uh, 11.8. That's down only 11%. So that's a good hold. It's a very good hold. And we were saying it needed to have a strong hold. Yeah, and it did. It did have a very strong hold. And then five days, 17.2. For a total in two weeks of 34 Point three million. We saw this movie. We did, and on this podcast, again for the new listeners, this isn't a movie review podcast. No, we're not saying thumbs up, thumbs down. Uh-huh. We're not giving a star rating. Uh-huh. We're talking about if we've seen a movie, we talk about it in terms of its box office potential. So we did see this movie, and what I would say is, it is not the movie I believe people are gonna. Th- think they are supposed to be seeing. Does that make sense? It, Let me say that more concisely. I feel like the advertised movie is not what you see. Yes. Or the thing that I think we all feared about the advertised movie is unfortunately true. And that is that Tom Hanks is Mr. Rogers, who's great. Of course, it's Tom Hanks. He's great. He's born to play Mr. Rogers. He is are Mr. Rogers. The problem with this movie is it's not, he's a very much a supporting character. And the lead character is some TV actor playing a magazine writer. A writer, a liar. And it is two thirds of the movie is just scenes with him that don't even have Mr. Rogers, no Hanks on screen. And I think as that word gets out that our worst fears are true, it's not it's it's not going to help this movie. It's not going to help this movie to say that the guy from the Americans is mostly what you're paying to see. Exactly. And I think that that is it's one of those things where I don't want a movie to fail, but I And especially under, a Tom Hanks movie. I know. We always want Hanks to just succeed and succeed and succeed. Exactly. And Mr. Rogers, I I, I love that documentary. I I have great strong feelings for Mr. Rogers and I think the movie did a disservice to him in a way, and I think that once that word gets out, it it disservice in the sense of there's not enough of him. Right. Is it surprising that the estate allowed this, that the Rogers estate saw dailies of this movie and didn't just speak up, maybe through a puppet, didn't speak up through a puppet and say, why is this writer this liar this reporter who's a tv played by a tv actor why is he getting so much more screen time than fred i mean and i'm sure it you know it's the estate so through their puppet they are allowed to refer to him as fred yeah i think daniel strapa tiger is on the board and i think he dropped the ball on this one yes i think you know he's a tiger and he's supposed to be uh, a very aggressive. He's supposed to be a very strong presence. And I think he's a mild and meek presence. Not That's not something that's bad to be. Right. Because as Mr. Rogers says, I love you for who you are. But as the, the head of that board, I don't think that he made a good decision and probably got pushed over. Right. He probably got stomped all over. Right. It's great to be, you know, open 
to to compromise, to not be quick-tempered in day-to-day life. But in the movie business, in the box office business, if you're a tiger, you gotta have a you you gotta have a tough claw. And you and also I think that, have to protect your IP. Yes, yes. We talked a few weeks ago about Rogers as an IP, as an IP on the level of a Transformer. And I think what this movie did is it tarnished that IP. It tarnished the uh, the the ability for this to be franchised out. Mm-hmm. I think this movie, like you said, it's at what thirty five million domestic. It's from what I've seen, it is a fairly low budget movie. I think it was a total of twenty five million dollar budget. So it's not. It's definitely not going to be a overall a money lose or a failure, but it's not going to be the beginning of a Mr. Rogers franchise. No. I think we're not going to get to see Tom Hanks continue the adventures of Mr. Rogers. I think this is a one-and-done situation, which for an IP that we thought would be something that was going to be super strong, this is not what we hoped for. No. No. And I – in a, it's – yeah, it – I don't know. I'm just disappointed. Right. I, I just. I don't think we're going to get spinoffs. I, I, no. I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. Yes. Yes. And we we always want the biggest possible result for Tom Hanks. And this seemed like an IP that was perfectly suited to him, the Rogers IP. And, you know, it's going to go down as a okay performer, probably. Well, do you think this is going to leg out in a big way over the next month. No. No, because I think people went to see Knives Out instead. Yeah. I, I feel like, so we went on Thanksgiving night. Yes. And I left that theater bummed. Yes. And I left that theater bummed because of the how heavy the movie was, which mm-hmm. isn't necessarily a bad thing. But I feel like even though I think Knives Out might be too cute by half, I would have probably walked out enjoying it mm-hmm. because it seemed more of a fun, celebratory, take your mind off of your uh, your impending death right. kind of movie right. as opposed to uh, Mr. Rogers, the, that movie, which was a meditation on mortality, pretty much. And it's a weird It's not thing. family movies because dads don't, like we've said this before, dads don't want to think about their deaths. No, they don't want to think about death until the very moment it comes when they're careening off of a bridge in their station wagon. Yeah. That's the first time they want to have to confront their mortality. And this, I think, was an awkward uh, movie to take your dad to. Yes. It's not for the whole family. No. And a Mr. Rogers movie should be for the whole family. Yes, it should be. And it's weird because the documentary was... This movie felt like it was playing the greatest hits of the documentary, but somehow the documentary was a thing that people were recommending to one another... And I don't think Beautiful Day is something that people are going to say you got to see it. It seems like you said Knives Out is taking that spot of it's the buzzy adult family okay movie of the season. So what came in? So that was number three. Was it the number four movie this week? The number four movie is. uh, Oh, that was no. That was number four. That was number four. Sorry. Sorry. The number five movie Surprising, for me at least. Okay. Queen and Slim. Queen and Slim had a three-day of 11.7 and then had a five-day of 15.8. Great. For a cum of 15.8. Now, again, this is a movie 
that is an original idea. Not necessarily completely original because it is Bonnie and Clyde, but it, well, not really Bonnie and not Clyde. Not really, but, no. Because they're not they're, shooting up a bunch of people. No, they no, kill no. one person. But there is a level of we've seen this before. Right. But I think it was but marketed well. But there's only well. so many stories to tell. Exactly. Yeah. It was marketed well. It had a very stylish and sleek look to it that I think brought in mm-hmm. young people. Great poster. Great poster. It had a very evocative uh, trailer. Mm-hmm. And I think it brought in the people who, when you look at the other movies, this is great counter-programming. Because I think it was a little bit more uh, dark, a little bit more about social issues. And the rest of these movies in the top five aren't touching on that. No. And I think this was I think this was a win for this movie, and I think it's going to be a modest hit. Yeah, because it seems like at that opening, you're looking at a movie that's going to end up doing over 30 million total. So, that's great. Good for Queen and Slim. Was there any significant bad news? Well, I guess Mr. Rogers' movie is a little bit of the bad news for this weekend. Um, in that bottom five, anything surprising? Where was playing with fire this week? Well, so number six was 21 Bridges. Okay. Which uh, had a three day of 5.8 and a five day of 7.9. Okay. So and that's then, Chadwick Boseman. And unfortunately, it looks like that's kind of a bomb. Yeah. I think the thing with 21 Bridges, and we mentioned it before, is. It wasn't clear what it was about. No. Uh, I think it wasn't, we didn't know if, from the poster if he was a good guy or a bad guy. Yeah. Is he good cop or bad cop? Do you want to get on the bridges or keep him off the bridges? What are we rooting for? What are we doing with these bridges? Who right. knows? Why so, are there so many? Why are there so many? And there can't be that many in New York. I live in New York. There's not 21 bridges in New York. Well, listen, there's dads going off a lot of bridges that uh, we don't know about. I guess that's true. So, Playing With Fire, number seven, and it made 4.2 in three day. Uh, and six million in the five day, so there was definitely some frozen runoff going on here. What was the hold? Because I think that was a very good hold on. Yeah, the... it's down seven percent. That's a that's a great hold. And then uh, it's made thirty nine point two, so it's gonna make forty some million dollars. Yeah, it's probably gonna make forty five. Got an outside shot at fifty, which again, these are sort of arbitrary round numbers, but that movie making fifty would be just a huge shock. And Midway is number eight. It made uh, 3.96 in the three-day, 5.75 in the five-day. It's at 50.2. Not a hit. No, I mean, not the, a the hit. budget was so high for this right. movie. 50 is – it's weird because it's stayed in the top ten. It was in the top five forever. It went to number one, and yet it's kind of a failure domestically. It's one least. of those movies where – what did they think the best case scenario of this even could have been? You know, because the ceiling for Midway is is just about what it ended up doing. Like, I think Midway did as well as it could have done. It just needed to cost $20 million. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you made this movie for 25 mil, that's good. Right. But you couldn't make this movie for 25 right, mil. Right, right, right. Uh, and then we got number nine. Directed by your boy from way back, Todd Phillips. Not my boy from way back. Tied with Last Christmas, basically tied. But right now it's looking at the number nine movie, Joker. Joker. So there are people 
who went with their family on Thanksgiving to see Joker. Thanksgiving night. Thanksgiving night, they're at a table. They're with their grandpa, who they haven't seen all year. And they looked at grandpa and they said, hey, grandpa, could you do me a favor? When you take me to the movie later, could you bring me out to Joker? Yeah. And this painted faced freak. Because you know they had their face painted. Oh, they they went there they show in, up the, to th- in the purple suit. They show up to Thanksgiving with their parents. They're walking in the door and they turn to their mom and they say, Mom, mm-hmm. could you do me a favor? When you introduce me to the family, can you introduce me as Joker? That's what they said. That's what they said. And because of that, because of those freaks, Joker is still in the top ten has made over a billion dollars worldwide. Billion dollar baby. It made two million in the uh, three day, two point nine in the five day for thirty three hundred and thirty million dollars domestic. It is now the number four movie of all time domestic gross R rated. Okay. So you've got Passion of the Christ, which is it's never going to be toppled. Right. It's 370. Joker's no Jesus. Joker's no Jesus. Todd Phillips is no Mel Gibson. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That that's such a loaded phrase. That's such a loaded sentence that I just said. But but there is a lot. There is a lot. You, you could you could write a lot of essays about Joker, Jesus, Todd Phillips, Mel Gibson, that, and their relationships. That could that could keep uh, uh that could keep a blog going for years. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, Deadpool number two, 363, American Sniper. Number uh, three, three fifty, and then you got Joker at three thirty. I don't think it's gonna touch Sniper. No, it can't touch Sniper. No, there's too much big stuff coming out. But still, amazing for a movie that cost fifty five million dollars. Oh, this is the 2019 box office. I think the story of the year is Joker. Oh, it's got to be. It's been the story of this podcast. There's yeah. not been a uh, an episode that we haven't mentioned it. And I don't see one in the future in which somehow we don't we don't talk about Joker. We got to keep talking about Joker. We got to talk about the the VOD release. We got to talk about everything Joker. Now we do have to talk a little bit about Charlie's Angels. So Charlie's Angels not in the top ten in its third weekend. Third weekend, <gasps> Charlie's Angels number fourteen oh. below Harriet. Below the good liar, below Maleficent. Is it? Is it basically? Is it below Adam's Family cartoon? No, Adam's Family cartoon is out of theaters altogether. Yeah, or yes, I believe so. Not in your top twenty. Not in the top twenty. But Charlie's Angels has fallen below Maleficent. Yes, it 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 made its total gross. The total gross. And gross used in both ways right here. Tongue out. Yeah. Tongue out, just gagging. Yeah. $16.8 million. So we're looking at a Charlie's Angels movie that has no chance of hitting $20 million domestic. Jojo Rabbit has made more than it. Jojo Rabbit is a movie that was not in wide release and then was in widish release. And is about... I, uh, about the Hitler youth, in which Hitler is a comedic side character. Great movie. But when you just... Don't editorialize, please. When you say that 
when you when you say that plot of a movie, and then you say the plot of Charlie's Angels, which is it's a Charlie's Angels movie, and then the Charlie's Angels movie will make half of what Jojo Rabbit will make. That it boggles the mind. Well, let me just ask you a question too. So, other than World War Two is a much bigger IP than Charlie's Angels. That's true. People would rather relive one of the darkest times in America history, American history, because Midway also made more money. Yeah, way more money than see a Charles Charlie's Angels movie. Yes. Now here's the other thing: people pa- don't want to relive these old TV franchises. I don't want you to give anything away okay. because uh, this movie is probably something that you should know very little about if you see it. It's a movie called Parasite. Mm-hmm. Guess what's almost made as much as Charlie's Angels? Parasite. Parasite. Has. Yep. Wow. It's made $16.6 million. And that's a movie, once you see Parasite, you're gonna be your mind's going to be boggled that it made more money than Charlie's Angels. But actually not. Because if you see Charles Angels, you're going to be like, oh, okay, what did I just watch? Right. Nothing. So we've been talking about Charlie's Angels as a giant failure for three weeks now. Mm-hmm. Is there anything left to say? Is there anyone who I would say deserves more blame than what they've gotten so far? Or is, it, or is this basically the story that we've been telling this whole month that this is a movie that never should have existed and you can't blame the actors or Elizabeth Banks, the director, because they went into a doomed situation no matter what. They were being led to slaughter. I think Lizzie Banks, as much as she said she wanted to do Charlie's Angels, and I think she did, mm-hmm. but it was probably out of a list of ones that she could do. They said, here's a list of things you could do, choose it. I don't believe that she said, this is the thing I want to do. I'm sure she had an original idea. I'm sure she had something else she wanted to do. But this was going to set the stage for her to be able to do an original ideas. Right, right. And They're like, we own Charlie's Angels. We own Mr. Ed. We own my mother, the car. Yeah. We own Welcome Back, Cotter. Right. An all-female Welcome Back, Cotter. Right. Welcome Back, Miss Carter. Right. Mix Carter. We own this. We own this. Which of those do you want to do? You legally have to do one of these. And so she should have looked at the contract before she signed it, Mm -hmm. that she would then legally have to do an an old IP, Mm -hmm. a dusty IP. They always sneak that in there, that you have to do a dusty IP. Mm -hmm. She picks this, and then I'm sure she went out to big stars, and they all said no. And that's when she felt like, oh, I'm fucked. Yeah. So she made the best out of a bad situation, I think, I think you didn't have the star power. Again, the IP was a dusty IP. So I think you blame the company for foisting it on her. Yes, yes. And not giving her a chance to do something else and create a Knives Out. Mm -hmm. Instead, you're stuck with a movie that Knives Out made more in the first couple days Mm -hmm. than this movie is going to ever make in its life. Right, right. So, yeah. I don't think we should demonize anybody. I think this and is And we're a, always looking for someone to demonize yes, on this podcast. This is a good lesson to the studios. Focus on the knives out and stop focusing on the dusty IP. Mm-hmm. We're mm-hmm. done with the dusty IP. It maybe would have worked a couple years ago. We're, we're not buying it anymore. No one wants Dark Fate. Terminator is a dusty IP. Charles Angel's dusty IP. 
do not make another Car 54 or Are You movie. You've already made one. Please don't force Elizabeth Banks to make another one. Dark Fate, by the way, has made $61 million domestically. Wow. That is rough stiff. Wow. So let's then now look forward to next weekend. Which is going to be tough. Is going to be tough because there's only one movie. Well, that's not true. There's only one wide release, I think, coming out next week, unless something's expanding. But there's also. There's the Playmobil movie. There's Playmobil movie. That's the biggie. That's the biggie, if you can call it that. Which, do you know what Playmobil is? Okay. What is Playmobil? I don't know what that is. Is that a thing from when we were kids, or is this a newer old thing? I think they're. I think they're like. Uh, it's a toy, right? It's got to be. I mean, I guess it's got the word "play" in it. I'm assuming it's a toy, a rubbery toy of some sort. That's a movie now. Um, it is a line of toys, and they're pro- they were produced in Germany. Okay. And they've been around since the seventies. They're okay. made of plastic, rubber, and clay, and they're people, and they have play sets. And, and this, I don't know if that has, uh, like, So I, this is a dusty IP movie. Yes. This, this is a dusty, rubbery. So when you get dusty and rubber, this is a sticky, dirty IP. Uh, yeah, I, this is a questionable, this is a questionable IP. The Playmobil movie got made before the Stretch Armstrong movie. I know, I know. It's weird. I, I like this movie. Okay, is this animated or is this live action? People, it's not live. You always. Okay. It's it's. I think it's like Lego Movie. Okay, that's gotcha. what it looks like. If you've watched this bootleg trailer, it looks like a poor man's Lego Movie. Okay, it's. Uh, if you look at Food Fight compared to uh, Wally. Gotcha. This is the food fight of the Lego verse. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. This is this is rough. Who are the? Give me the cast. What is the cast of the Playmobil movie? Oh, jeez. Give me one second. Then you're gonna have to vamp. Oh God, I'm gonna have to vamp about Playmobil. I don't even know what Playmobil is. I've never seen this. So this is definitely a movie that the studio is is putting out there now as a write off. Because legally, they weren't allowed to release it on a streamer, probably. Probably the toy company had that written in before that it has to get a theatrical release. And they are doing this. This is a this feels like a court-ordered wide release, which we've seen that before. Absolutely. Um, this, okay, voice cast. Anya Taylor-Joy is the lead. Great. The witch. Lover. But you have someone named Gabriel Bateman as the second build. Never heard of that person, but could be a huge Instagrammer. Then Jim Gaffigan. Okay, means nothing of the box office. Fine comedian. His show was on for several years, but Daniel Radcliffe. Okay. Megan Trainer. Adam Lambert. Keenan Thompson. Oh, this is a this is a disaster. This is a food fight situation. Yeah, and that's all the people I recognize. Wow. So what is the tracking on this movie? And how much below that number are we predicting? 
Well, their tracking is very low. It's three to eight, and they're going four point five. I say lower. I say lower. Two million dollars. Good call. Yeah. Wow. This is a lamb to slaughter, mm-hmm. and the slaughter is frozen too. I mean, playing with fire is going to melt this this movie. Does what did playing with fire make on the three day last weekend? It made four point five million dollars. Yeah, four point two. So playing with fire will make more money this weekend than the Playmobil movie. Yes, it's got to. So we're basically looking at next weekend as there are no new movies. Dark Waters expands. Ugh. It's got ninety four percent Rotten Tomatoes. Great. And it's only made it's made a little under a million dollars in uh, its its non wide release. I am predicting release. that this movie does less than zilch at the box office. So this what is makes a more? Showtime movie, if that. What makes more? Playmobil or Dark Water? What is Dark Water's tracking? Is it going to like a 2000 screen Their situation? tracking is not, it's not applicable. They don't know. Well, what is it expanding to? It's expanding to being in like two or 3000 theaters? Um, that's something I'd have to look up. What is it going to make more? Dark Waters will make more. It's, it's going to be hard because I... I I'm going to guess Dark Waters is going to make like four or five million maybe. Maybe it makes that much opening weekend. All right, what do, you, what do you think? Don't worry about looking up the amount of screens. I think Dark Water makes more. Yeah, it has to. I mean, it's... God, but... So overall, though, we both think Dark Waters will oh, be a complete non-factor at the box office. Yeah, because it's it's an oscar Beatty movie. Um, it's by the director who did Carol. Uh-huh. And it's one of his more uh, straight-laced movies in the sense of it's not... It's it's a true life story. It's a movie about Mark Ruffalo investigating water pollution from the DuPont company. Yeah, which it, he is a lawyer for. So it's and a, it is a very like Oscar look, Beatty. Yes, Oscar Beatty in a but, movie that has no buzz. Exactly. Uh, Anne Hathaway plays the the aggrieved wife of him. She's the phone wife. If She's you've the seen the trailer, the phone wife. So. Yeah, this looks like a a non-starter. It, it's it's got no Oscar buzz, so people would go see this if it had Oscar buzz, and it doesn't. Right. So it's it, it's probably gonna tank out. Yeah. So we're looking at next weekend, basically no movies that have a chance of cracking the top five. So does the top five shift at all next weekend, or are we looking at the same top five order that we had this weekend? Because it seems like Dark Waters is not going to have a chance of cracking the top five. Yeah, and I think we we got to say Frozen uh, 2 is going to stay. So I guess I would go Frozen 2 is number one. Knives Out will be number two. Ford V will stay number three. So then what was it? Mr. Rogers was number four. The only thing I could see is Queen and Slim passing, passing, passing Beautiful Day. Beautiful day. I'm gonna say it doesn't. I'm gonna say the same top five. Are you gonna, are you gonna make the prediction that Queen and Slim moves up to four? Yes, I will make that prediction. Wow, just wow. Because you know why? Because we went on this podcast and we said this movie, Mister Rogers' movie, is not for families, and they're gonna listen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they're gonna listen. Because so you we think have the wa- you think the wannabe O families are going to, if they were planning on seeing beautiful day next weekend the wannabe families are going to 
hear this podcast and change their plans. Yeah. They're either going to see Ford v. Ferrari, a movie that we applauded, mm-hmm. Knives Out, a movie we applauded, Queen and Slim, let's applaud it. Queen and Slim. Because it needs to be Overachieving. And I'm not going to... The fact that I withheld applause for A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood it speaks volumes. Yes. The lack of applause says a lot. Yes. The lack of applause is the loudest sound you have heard all week. Yes. Um. Yeah, so next weekend is a pretty boring weekend at the box office. I guess the big things to look out for is how badly does Playmobil movie do? Is there any chance Playmobil movie makes under a million dollars? It's, I mean, it is a Keenan Thompson starer. It's XTX. I mean, they've had disasters. I mean, under a million. I mean, if it's possible, it's very possible. Because we see playing. Do we know the amount of screens that Playmobil is opening up on? Do they say that on Box Office Pro? They do not. Okay, so. Oh, my God. Under a million is insane. I'm rooting for it to be under a million because at least that's a story to cover next week. And as box office journalists, we're always rooting for a story. Oh, yeah. You know, if you're a journalist, you always want to find a dead body. And the Playmobil movie opening under a million is the dead body that we could make some hay with next week. Absolutely. Because we're going to have to, I mean, we'll have a lot to talk about uh, for movies that are coming out yes. in the week following next yeah, week. Next week, Cause the, again, if you're a new listener to the B.O. Boys, things are about to heat up in a big way. Because you yeah. got December, which is, of course, Jumanji, and Star Wars, and Cats, and a lot of big box office news is about to break. Because so, the 13th, December 13th, you've got Black Christmas, Jumanji, and Richard Jewell all opening yeah. up. Yeah. So, so the, the top five is going to be scrambled. The Not this week, obviously. Not this coming week, but the following week. Yes. The BO is going to get stinky real soon. Real stanky. So, um, yeah. So anything else to look for next week? I guess it's, again, Playmobil. How low could it go? Can it go under a mill? Mm-hmm. Fingers crossed, knives out, Playmobil. Let's carve this sucker up. Yep. Um, is there anything that we want to look back to? Well, I was going to take a look at Chris Evans' BO history. Oh. Seeing as how he is a one of the stars of Knives Out. I think one of the more appealing elements of Knives Out. I think you watch that trailer... Chris Evans is going to be one of the reasons why this did so well. He's got the movie star quality. He's got the, he's someone who's used, and a lot of people, and I'm looking at you, Robert Downey Jr. Doolittle, who a lot of people have not been able to use their superhero Marvel status well in other pictures. Uh, Forget Robert Downey Jr., of course. Hemsworth, Thor, he is the main offender of this not been able to translate Thor into anything successful outside of the Marvel movies. But Chris Evans looks like he's he's doing it. Well, so the thing about Chris Evans is that if we talk about his non-superhero 
box office. And that includes the two Fantastic Four movies he was in as Johnny Storm, Mm -hmm. which those made, the first one made $154 million domestically. The second one made uh, a Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer made 131 and then all of his Marvel movies all the Marvel movies he's been in have been big hits big right. hits everything else has been less than a hundred million dollars he's never had a movie that wasn't a superhero movie that made over a hundred million what's the closest he came what's his biggest non-superhero hit is it cellular well, the thing is, is cellular is the one that I think of the most in terms of Chris Evans having a success. Well, because he was in Get Him to the Greek in 2010, but he plays uh, VH1 storytellers uh, like he's not a real actor in it. OK, he's in it for a second. He plays some VH1 guy. And that meets 61. So that doesn't count. That does not count. And then no. he's the voice of Casey. In the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, animated movie that Does came not out, count. remember Does not count. that made fifty four. So Knives Out is his biggest one. Whoa! Already, not another teen movie made thirty seven million dollars. Wow! And then Cellular only made thirty two. So with Chris Evans, we're looking at someone who has as strange as it's to say he is starting his career now. Mm-hmm. His box office career begins in 2019 yes because he's someone who has made a bunch of sort of smaller movies you're not another teen movie you're cellulars and then if we're not if we're throwing out the marvel movies he basically hasn't had a chance to succeed or fail no because on his own merits until knives out yeah he got caught up in the superhero machinery pretty early i mean this is 10 years of his life that's 10 years of his earning power in solo movies which he did one or two they did not do well but Mm. they weren't aimed at i don't think as wide of an audience right he hasn't done as many movies as the other chris's who have been in the superhero movies have done no no he hasn't really tried to peel off too much right uh i think he dedicated himself to his contract, to his country, to Marvel, and now, like we said, he's hang he's hung up the shield. You know, thank you for your box office. Let's see what you can do as a civilian. Good for him. This is a great story. Knives Out is a great thing for him, and I'm happy for him. Yes. So, that's great. So, Clayton, have we done it? We've done it. We've covered all of the box office. This is our premiere episode on our new Raw feed. And every week, we are going to be coming to you with a Monday episode, looking back at what happened at the box office that weekend, looking ahead to next weekend. We're going to we're gonna be... Listen, let's cut the shit. Let's, let's tell cut them. the shit moment, yeah. Our cut the shit moment is telling you this is a box office podcast brought to you by the two premier box office experts. Yeah. And... We're giving it to you raw every single week. Every single week. You don't need to go to the websites anymore. You no. don't need to try to figure out Box Office Mojo, which is a fucking shit show now. Which Just come to us. Yes. This is great. I I regret that Box Office Mojo, one of the great uh, websites to go to as a fan of Box Office, has gone down the shitter because IMDb bought it and made it uh, put it behind a paywall. So now... That helps us, though. Yes. That helps us because we have the information, and you don't need to go to that website and try to figure it out. 
like it's an old fashioned map and you're trying to figure out how to get to the Grand Canyon. Nope. Back you in just the 70s. Ser- you just search us. Search us. You search this podcast. And listen to us. You don't even have to read. No. You could be completely illiterate and you will know everything there is to know about the box office simply by listening. You do have to be able to hear. Unfortunately, yes. you do. Yes. Um, but yeah, if you are somebody who works in an office and is illiterate, you can now talk about box office to the people that are going to push you up the ladder. Mm-hmm. And you know what they'll do after your walk away? They'll say, can he read now? Doesn't can matter. Can she read now? Doesn't matter. Can they read now? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter, but they're going to think, maybe they can read now. Mm-hmm. There's a corner office opening up. Mm-hmm. I think that might be the guy, girl, or whatever gender you want to identify as. Yep. So if you want to be a boy, want to be a girl, want to be a they, this is the place to be for box office every single week. So you could reach us at, on email, the boboyspodcast at gmail.com. Clayton, someone took... B.O. Boys podcast. And that's our mistake because we've been doing this podcast on our How to Watch Movies feed for about two months now. So somebody snaked it. And someone snaked it and we didn't just get that podcast name. When are they going to come out of the shadows and ask for some moolah? Because we will not. We will not. We're not gonna. We're not gonna give them any money. No, we're not gonna give them money. We'll accept money from them to let them off the hook for what they did. Okay. But if you're a listener, you want to get in touch with us, the best way, of course, is the Podcast at gmail.com. You know what else we have? What do we got? We were talking about this for two months now, how as much as we complain about a paywall with a box of mojo, you know, we do agree that, you know, information should not be free. No, of course not. So we have a Patreon now. And what we're asking is, want to be old boys, want to be old girls, want to be old days, come and they give us a little bit of scratch, because then maybe we can buy the pro, uh, IMDb Pro. Maybe we could buy the whole company if the Patreon takes off the way we're planning for it, too. We can pay for our legal costs against this person who stole our email address. Yes, who will be sued out of existence as soon as we get some money from listeners. As they deserve. Uh, So we have a Patreon We'd love you to support our show. We're going to be doing it every week. Uh, we want to give you the latest information. We want to give you the most accurate information. And it might cost a little money. But, I mean, we're still going to have free episodes on money. But the thing with this, the the Patreon, is that this is going to make your listening uh, experience better in yes. the long run. You're investing in your future and in our future. Right. Because you give us money. It makes us have more money. And the more money we have, the better we're going to feel on recording day. And, again, the more uh, we're going to be apt to sue people who either uh, wrong the show or disagree with the show in a public way. Absolutely. And here's the other thing. We are going to make the number of patrons we have and the, the amount of money we make public. Yes. And the reason we're doing this is because we talk about money and we talk about numbers on this show. It's very important to us to know monetarily where everything stands. That is how we are going to measure success at the box office, so it shouldn't be any different 
on the Patreon. Yes. So we will never hide how much we make and how many people are supporting us. So it's up to you to show up, to get your butts out of your seats. Make the B.O. Boys a box office hit. Go over to your pants, pull out your wallet, or go over to your purse, pull out your wallet, and get the number on your card. And Because that's the thing. I never have. I, I'm hanging around my house. I don't have my wallet on me. No. I got to get up and go into my pants and pull up my mm-hmm. wallet. I got to walk over to my purse and pull up my purse and pull up my wallet. So do that. Get off your butts. Do that. Help us out. We're going to have we're going to keep adding tiers right now. We have a single tier, but we're going to be adding tiers. So keep checking it out right now. You can find us at patreon.com slash B.O. Boys, B.O. B-O-Y-S, patreon.com, and uh, throw us a little bit of cash. Throw some scratch. Come on. All right, Clayton, we are at the we're, – we're not at the 60-minute mark, and that is our promise, of course, is we do not make this podcast go above 60 minutes. Nope. That is the B-O promise. We and never take more than an hour of your time. No, but we take close to it. As close as we can. So – We've done it. We've succeeded again. So I, all I got to say is, I think all we have to say is, until, until next, next week. Ah, oh, oh, it's our first episode. Raw feed. We're doing it live. I okay. Th- it's till next time. Until next time. You're right. Yeah. Until next time, time we'll, we'll smell, smell you at, at the, the box, box office. office. Yes, nailed it. Yeah.